This is Paul Bettner, creator of New Super Lucky's Tale, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 169 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, March 18th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss the latest cloud streaming deals signed by Microsoft and their competitors. Both the Diablo and Exo Primal betas are impressing, and Resident Evil 4 remake reviews are out to great acclaim. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's been a heck of a Friday, man. I'm I'm tired for the right reasons. Like we've got we've got the Vigi games to play this weekend and uh I, I spent a fair amount of time last night grinding through uh some of these these betas that are going on but how are you doing i'm good i got to jump yeah. into exo primal with you last night for a little bit that was fun uh went to bed uh slept hard i had like one of those good like good sleeps it was raining outside so i'm, I'm, I'm feeling good here I'm on some medicine for my eyes, so I won't look like a vampire as much soon, but I am still preparing for Redfall, let me just tell you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I really can't complain, man. I, for all things considered, the week's been quite good to me. So awesome. There we go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness, Logan. Uh, who has made your gaming week better, my friend? Um, well, a lot of people have made it better, uh, but I will say that I, I had an opportunity to sit down with one of our buddies and uh, talk on the other side of the fence. Um, so Joseph Moran, uh, a.k.a. Yeah. Mr. Bad Bit, a.k.a. Yeah. Mr. Bad Take, a.k.a. Where's Bloodborne Remake, um, he let me go and join over on the PlayStation Trophy Room this week, and uh, he and I got to talk a lot about um, just this whole rumor about the PlayStation 5 uh, uh, like Pro kind of mid-gen refresh hardware mm-hmm. stuff, uh, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So I had a really good time with that. It was nice to to sit down and, and kind of talk about... Um, you know, Horizon and uh, the new DLC that's coming up and stuff that I don't normally get to talk about. So I had a really good time over there. It was a good episode. I listened to it while doing my chores this morning. Oh, nice. Because um, I wanted to hear you over there. Uh, you definitely brought some talent to the show. In Kyle's absence, uh, somebody had to step up uh, and you crushed it, man. So it was enjoyable <laughs> Thank you. to have you there. Uh, that's cool, man. That's what's up. Very nice. Very nice. How about you? Oh, man, I had several uh, pick me ups this week. I got to guest on Project X Talk over at Save Games Media. So Kevin, Angel, yeah. it was nice enough to have me there. That was a pleasure. I'm hoping to do that a couple times because uh, their their second co-host is out for a bit um, for the Police Academy. So that's kind of oh, cool neat. to jump in there. Uh, Court Lalonde. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Court Lalonde hooked me up with a Justice League Cosmic Chaos code uh, from Outright Games. That's like a kitty game. And, you know, I love yeah. DC, so... I'll be jumping into that one casually over the next few weeks as well. But uh, what made my week more than anything is uh, several members of the XEP Discord uh, that met via XEP uh, 
their families that they're kind of linking up and going to a Final Fantasy concert uh, this evening on the night of us recording. And I thought that was the coolest thing. They met yeah. uh, chatting in Discord, and then they found a mutual interest. And then we find out even another one of them. Uh, I think Matt is going to it as well next week. But it was cool to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really I love it. I'd, I'd, I'd give it like nine double oh, downs. God. Yeah. Oh, God. All <laughs> right, go ahead and explain the double downs before we do our Patreon pitch and <laughs> anything else. Go ahead and explain it. If you're not yeah. in Patreon in the Discord, then you're missing out on some of the inside jokes that are forming because with uh, with the Patreon and having the Discord for the for the members that are in there, um, we've they've they've come up with a double because the whole the whole Diablo thing has sparked this whole double down debate, right? And we talked about KFC being trash, so it's now terrible. we. Now, yeah, now we have a rating system for things in the uh, Xbox expansion pass um, discord where no, everything is. We based don't on- have a rating system. Logan. <laughs> we, we don't have a rating you system. and the members do. And you're all ganging up against me. Uh, it, this is this is uh, yum, 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 nom, noms or whatever from from trophy room all over this again. Your bangers. Yeah, this is your it's- bangers. so it's uh we rank things based on how many double downs you'd eat so the best is 10 out of 10 double downs uh you'd you'd, uh the worst is zero double downs so now we have we've uh assimilated the the diablo double down marketing to become a rating system so uh games will now be ranked on a double down system games will not be ranked on this is ridiculous (laughs) i hate y'all are y'all are missing out in the patreon discord it's it's a lot of fun in there Oh gosh, crazy, crazy. Oh, I, I double down. Like KFC is now. I went this morning during my chores. I went and snagged a, a little coffee from McDonald's. Line was around the, there. Uh, KFC empty. Looked like rundown. It looked like it was straight out of Resident Evil 4's demo. It was bad. Why would you go for KFC this early? That is. Not I wasn't. The, I would never go for KFC. Well, that's why it would be empty then. Of course, it it's going like, to be empty. It looked like a scene from Jurassic Park. Look, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that's what they wanted to make their their rating system based on. No, it's crazy. Speaking it's crazy. of patrons, yeah, we have let's get to new that. patrons. Several. I think, uh, yeah, we did two, both uh, tier twos and tier threes. So really kind people joined up. They're going to be now uh, jumping into the double down system. Uh, whether they like it or not they're going to get initiated into it so but wanted to shout out them uh thank them for for joining up this week and you can join as well if you head over to patreon.com forward slash xbox expansion pass just search in expansion pass or uh, what have you and you'll find us there um, help support us get to e3 because that's what we're doing right now we're trying to get to e3 we're looking up hotels they're friggin' expensive holy cow i gotta fly um, across so, the country <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. not to mention yeah he's he's got to fly across the country i'm going to be driving down so i'll save money there but uh we're definitely looking for help uh in that aspect so if you want to hear our coverage if you want to hear our thoughts on everything that's going on with e3 this is a great way to do it um, so the new patrons this week are going to be Ashes to Ashkar, Nicholas Downey, Tim A, a.k.a. Neo Prime 33. And then is this uh, an actual one like Nintendo Dad number four or is that Tim? Tim A is a Nintendo Dad. He's Nintendo Dad oh, number four. Gotcha. OK, so that that solves that. So I'm a little confused on the on the formatting here. So Tim A is one of the Nintendo Dads number four at tier two. Thank you so much for your support. And at a tier three, we have Matt Valdez jumping in and showing some serious support over on the tier three side. Thank you all so much for that. And let's get into the the normal patrons, the ones that are actually getting 
shout out every week. That's right. Our tier two and three patrons get shout outs on every episode. And of course, this week, the list has grown, which makes me happy. Mr. Matt Valdez, Tim Alf, a.k.a. Neoprime33. Mr. Rick Davis, Jesse Martinez, Red Beast and his sons, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master, James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Mr. Kevin Butler, my man, Mr. Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Mr. Dano12. Thank you all for being tier two and three members. We appreciate you greatly. Ooh, Logan, it gets better every show and I'm loving it. It's making me happy. It's, <laughs> it's great happy. that we have so many nice people willing to help out. We do. We do. We're, we're very grateful to all of you. Uh, Logan, we have quite a few little news nuggets this week. Uh, I want to shout out the Valheim interview that went up earlier this week over on XEP's uh, both very audio popular. and YouTube side. Yeah, caught a little bit of a... Caught a little bit of a heat there as they answered the question of whether or not Valheim would be coming to PlayStation. And in short, the answer is not at this time. Uh, but if it were me, it would be because Xbox has a game preview program and they are absolutely aiming to be uh, on PlayStation down the line if I had to guess. But they did not say that. They said they had no plans at this time. But it's a small indie team. It was like 8 to 13 people working on Valheim. Hey, Sony committed to helping indies. They said they were going to do better after all those reports about how hard it was to try and get contacts at Sony. Yep. And so far, <laughs> lots of lots of real effort on that part that we're seeing. Oh, so, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Although I, will, good- I will say Stray was was an outlier on that because I think that was an indie title as well. It's an outlier. That's an outlier. Yeah. That's an outlier <laughs> for sure. For I knew that game was going to be good. Was it? All right. All right, let's talk. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this dumb indie game that showed up on all the game of the years. Get out of here. You love indie games, too. That's the funny I thing. I do. I do. But like, come on. Game of the year. You put that next to Elden Ring. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, there's my slide. You know what? You know what? No double downs for Stray. None. Wow. None for Stray. That's right. Wow. Zero. Zero. All right, Logan. Uh, Xbox has continued their slew of signing cloud streaming deals to bring their games to other cloud services uh, in an effort to continue appeasing, uh, you know, the FTC, the the UK commissions. They really and, and truly are trying to get their games everywhere. I don't necessarily think this is meant uh, to undercut Sony so much as build their business format, let the deals go through. But I think they would have done it anyway. Um this past week, another two 10-year deal uh, agreements were signed. Uh, one with Ubitus, which is a cloud gaming company that's headquartered out of Japan. That'll let gamers uh, scream Xbox PC titles, which is quite a few, uh, given that Xbox has gone you know, to, to launching on console and PC uh, simultaneously since, I believe, 2017 at this point. Uh, as well as Activision Blizzard games, those will come to the service once the deal closes as well. Uh, And then they also announced a partnership with Ukraine-based Boosteroid, uh, which is, you know, akin to GeForce Now. Um, This is, I think, pretty good news. I doubt anybody that's listening to this show has comfortably heard of these two streaming services prior to uh, kind of hearing this news. But I would argue that's a good thing because Xbox is trying to get their games in more places uh, and with more games in more places comes more players into our ecosystem. I think that's a positive. But at this point, it's been 10-year deals with Nintendo, 
10-year deals with NVIDIA, 10-year deals with Ubitus, 10-year deals with Boosteroid, offered 10-year deals with Sony. Um, Valve and a number of other third parties have come out and supported these these options. Uh, I'm all in favor of, of seeing this kind of stuff. What was your take when you saw um, that Microsoft has another two cloud streaming agreements? Uh, and, and did you had you ever heard of these before? I'd never heard of Ubitus, uh, and oh, I'd never heard of Boosteroid. Um, it's it's and sorry, go listen to the Trophy Room if you want to hear that joke. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I never heard of these. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that they're happening because it shows an effort and a commitment on Microsoft's side to ensure that these, uh, these services are going to have access to the titles. Um, it feels like they're just trying to, trying to knock off the list of, of questionables for the FTC at this point, like they're saying like, okay, look, these are your issues. These Mm -hmm. are the companies that you're concerned about to make sure that it's fair game for everyone when it comes to streaming. We'll sign deals with them because it's not a big issue. It's really not. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and and at this point, it is really kind of saying like, hey, they are genuinely trying to make sure that everyone still has access to Call of Duty for all intents and purposes. They're not trying to restrict that and make it... um, make it first party only because it doesn't quite make sense just given how popular that game is. And if anything, they're going to try and expand it to more markets because believe it or not, if you can play the game, you can spend money in the game. And if you can spend money in the game, Microsoft makes what they make money. That's nuts. Why would anyone want, want to just do that when they can just restrict it to their one platform? Well, you're talking crazy, Logan. I know you're talking all types of crazy, I took some crazy pills today. So clearly I can't understand why anyone would want to make money by offering more gamers an opportunity to spend money in games. That's just yeah. it's crazy talk. It's it is crazy talk, but I, it's one of those things where like I get that the FTC and the, the UK commissions and everybody are, are working to scrutinize a deal, right? But yeah. it really, truly makes sense when you look at the properties that Microsoft is set to inherit in the deal, Call of Duty, Warcraft, that they would want it everywhere. Those are community-based games, and they need that community to grow. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, you can make some arguments you know, against some of the other stuff coming out of Bethesda, but a lot like Starfield being exclusive. And exclusives are the name of the game in the console space here and there. Um, but when you've got a game that already has a wide range install base, Call of Duty... Warcraft, etc. And yeah. you have the option to bring it to more places around the world by inking a deal, by bringing people into your ecosystem, and by selling a cloud technology that your parent company is continuing to propose, Azure Cloud Servers, and Microsoft wants cloud everything, uh, not just Xbox. Um, it it yeah. makes perfect sense to continue doing that. And um, I, I see a future, not a close one, where this deal is quite literally offered to PlayStation. Hey, stream xbox games onto your playstation 5 let's roll i or playstation 6 even if it's you know at the launch of that i see that future happening and i'm so okay with it i don't care where anybody plays i just want to play with them i think nintendo is going to be the biggest one if if i think if xbox gets nintendo and Mm -hmm. not not as far as like an acquisition sorry don't don't understand my my meaning on that uh listeners but if Microsoft can get a deal with Nintendo where Xbox Game Pass is available on the Nintendo Switch through cloud streaming, mm-hmm. 
that's going to move the needle. That's going to push people to say like, I can, I can literally play on any hardware that's a console and be able to have access to game pass except for PlayStation, which is really going to put the strain on Sony to say like, are you going to have games day one on Xbox or on PS plus? Mm-hmm. Are you going to come up with your own streaming service that is going to to really trying to cater to the people that are trying to get access to these games? You know, it's one yeah. thing that PS Plus and, and Essentials and Extra and Premium are getting a lot of games every month. They're doing a fantastic job of that, but they're not day and date. They're mm-hmm. not like Exo Primal. They're not like uh, Redfall. They're not like Starfield. You know, you aren't getting that uh, that that benefit. But if you can get that benefit and you can get your Mario games, that's mm-hmm compelling for nintendo too because it says that you don't have to have a really strong powerful system to be able to play the nintendo games and everything else you can sit at home with your beautiful little lan uh based dock for your Mm -hmm. oled switch and still get access full access to Mm -hmm. all of the games on game pass through streaming like and the streaming is good. The streaming is good. There's a number of times I've used streaming for stuff just because it's it's time to install. And if I don't want to install it and or I can't install it through mm-hmm. just like the sheer size of the games, like imagine trying to install multiple hundred gig games onto a switch like that just doesn't you're just not going to really get to do that. So and their network having, might not be built for that at all. That's true. Yeah. Might not even be built up for it. So but I think that it would be really fantastic if nintendo can and can be open to the idea Mm -hmm. and if microsoft can make it lucrative enough for them somehow maybe they get a cut of every every bit of money that gets made through xbox games that Mm -hmm. would be a way you know say like instead of a 30 30 70 cut um for for them they get like a 40 60 or like a 45 60 or 55 right end like dude if nintendo goes and gets game pass that's when i see sony really having to try and make a questionable decision about what the future of their game systems are going to look like because Mm -hmm. they're still basing it off of a box selling a cartridge that will make them money to make the the next cartridge like that's still and and i know listeners they never had cartridges because they were completely like cd from the get-go but you know what i mean is well taken and lest we forget that in Minecraft on the Switch, you log into your Xbox account. Or you right? will in the Will of the Wisps, Wisps as well in the Blind Forest. Did you, I didn't you realize you logged into your uh, oh. your Microsoft account for that. I didn't realize that. I didn't know it was Ori as well. I knew it was Micro or uh, it was Minecraft, yeah. but I didn't know it was Ori. Goodness, yep. Ori, great. I I, you pulled, know, pulled my cloud ahead. save in so that I could actually jump into where I was when I played it on Game Pass really that's nice. cool that that is a cool thing i did not realize that was going on um that's neat to hear that is neat to that hear. was that was years ago people that was like when it first came over onto the switch i downloaded it and i got i got all my you know i signed in it said microsoft and i got my access to it so i was like that was that was fantastic back then that's cool. so and when i came back over to um xbox i think i got i think i pulled the cloud save for it and i think i got the achievements for it if i'm remembering correctly if well, i'm wrong even... th- it's a weird N- nelson mandela situation but i'm pretty sure that's what what life was like like three years ago i don't know we've had COVID since then 
Code, yeah, well, that messes up all the timelines easily. Easily. That's like our blip. That's like our MCU blip. We're not quite sure <laughs> who aged and what. Like, I know I got gray hair during that time, but I don't know, yeah. like, what I was doing. That's very confusing. It was very a, confusing. Oh, God. Yeah, it was our blip, wasn't it? It was That's creepy. I didn't want to think about that. What else are we doing with this story? Well, you mentioned Ori. I will say, um, I saw news about Ori. Oh, one of my students in my class saw the collector's edition on the shelf. Because uh, I have the Ori oh, nice. collector's edition in, on the shelf in the classroom and a few other like things. Um, and one of them asked me some questions about developing games and creating games and whatnot. And I won't share their story. But I did email Jeremy Gritton, who was on XCP years ago for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, mm. And not one of the developers that was accused of, of you know... Uh, being cruel or whatnot at the studio just to be very clear um but i got to email him that story and tell him a little bit about that and he emailed me back and we had a good conversation and it it felt good man it felt good That's i love cool. talking to people that make games it was it was neat um and he was a he was the kind of developer interview that afterwards he emailed me he said hey what was your favorite part did you like how we wrote this i designed that did you work did you see this thing that i did and like it was a cool talk back then yeah. and so to get to rekindle that was kind of neat um, that's cool because i opened the same email thread yeah it was cool it was cool now logan uh speaking of xbox first party games that's not our first party game look at that transition it was bad uh the redfall <laughs> story trailer launched yeah. this week and i'm in dude it was cool it showed some backstory to how the vampires showed up it talked about the vampire bosses and mm-hmm. after watching some cool cinematics in diablo and the big bads with lilith and stuff seeing some of the big bads in redfall felt good too yeah uh, in between Redfall story stuff, Diablo, some of the Resident Evil things we're going to talk about. I'm in this like spooky, cool, like monstrous vibe. I'm liking it. Did you yeah. see the Redfall story trailer? I did. In fact, I, I wanted to make sure that I pulled out a quote uh, from it because it was it's one of the best quotes I've seen for a, for a story trailer. And it mm-hmm. was um, so if you haven't watched the trailer, just to kind of uh, kick things off, it, it's essentially the the epoch that happens right before the game actually gets kickstarted into what it is. So it tells you like what's going on with the the whole city of Redfall in, in Maine and why things are happening the way they're happening. Like the, what was the turning point? What was the 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 thing that kicked off the the entire like vampire epidemic kind of thing mm-hmm. and at the beginning there's uh this disembodied female voice that's kind of breaking down her her story of of how this all happened and it was like a one drop of blood is how it starts off and it was so good that it was like one drop of blood um and the the line that she says in there was uh right after she had passed and they had used her blood to kind of create the the, the vampires right so mm-hmm. she says it happened while no one was watching like roots into the excuse me uh, like roots into the earth vampires that's what these monsters became and i'm like the it, and it and it was so well thought out because i'm thinking in my head i'm like yeah they are monsters and then they became mm-hmm. vampires and i was like oh that's such a good quote like calling them out for being monsters before they even changed mm-hmm. uh, i love it so but that's how i read into it but yeah this this trailer was great. Um, it felt like a modern day Mega Man to me. And, and it, in the sense that like we have, and I know that sounds weird uh, because if you think about Mega Man, Mega Man has like a bunch of bosses and all of mm-hmm. the bosses have different powers. And that's what this is. All of bosses mm-hmm. are in there. You got to showcase all of them and they all had different powers. And then you have to go and try and like take out all the different bosses before you get to Dr. Wily. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what this felt like. It felt like we were going to go see Bad Tom and we were going to go see Hollow Man and we were going to go see uh, the Mistress and, and the Black Sun. And we were going to go and try and have to take out all of these vampire gods. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, we had all the cultist stuff. You know, you had all the little minions and enemies that you have to get through in a level before you get to the actual boss. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just so well put together. It, it really did sell me on the the story and it's easy enough to digest and it's easy enough to comprehend so i think this game is going to do really well because i think it has a lot of what people enjoy which is just run and gun it has a lot of abilities which is something that overwatch is really brought to the mainstream and it really does kind of tell a very digestible story about vampires that everyone can understand and get behind and i love that i think it's it's accessible enough for anyone to be able to jump in and enjoy that was what I liked most about it is it provided another avenue for somebody that might have been on the fence to get in. You have yeah. Arcane, which brings some people in. You have that it's a co-op shooter, which brings some people in. Uh, and now you have a, a story that is very clearly thought through, fleshed out, that might bring people in. And I I agree with you. The Mega Man analogy holds and sticks quite well. Um, it almost, in some ways, too, reminds me of state of decay because you're not going out and surviving but you are going yeah. to pick the direction you want to go to go fight some big bads clear out some areas uh and then benefit from it and i i dig it you know like it, yeah. it really i feel like i can play this game solo and have a good time or with buddies and have a good time explore the gunplay explore the abilities um the abilities look so cool and we're getting news uh, or we got news this week that a bunch of content creators of like high caliber content creators w- attended a Redfall event. Oh, that's uh, right. And, you know, like that's really cool. I talked to Rihanna Manuel briefly uh, via DM uh, and, and was just like, did you go? Did you get to see it? And, and like she couldn't tell me anything, obviously, NDAs and such. But like it was all exciting to watch. I know the Iron Lords were there, which is really cool because uh, <sighs> they're kind of like they're a step above. But like they're, they're kind of still in our realm, I guess you would say they're accessible uh, they're accessible. not like they're not like an ign where it's hard to penetrate into into that group yes exactly <laughs> exactly and so it was just cool to see and um i'm i'm so in on redfall uh i'm anxious for that game to come out that is one that i've got my fingers crossed uh i know for our our audience you know like hi-fi rush was a pretty cool get i'm hoping hoping i can land somebody from redfall just to just to hear more about how they chose to make their game because it looks so cool. And I'm yeah, in on that really bite does. back edition. I'm in on that bite back edition. Hardcore. I'm, yes. I'm still waiting on that one. I'm kind of like, I am. 30 bucks, and, and, do it. Well, the, no, that, and that's kind of the thing is, is like, I did that with Forza and I got a fair amount of, of uh, joy out of the Forza Horizon 5 um, jumping in. Mm-hmm. If it lets me play early, and I can get impressions before it goes live for most people. And we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Then I'll consider it. But I'm, I really, and, and this sounds weird. I kind of want to experience it the way people would experience it. If they didn't buy the, all, all the weapons and characters and skins and stuff like that. I kind of want to get like a fresh feel on it. And it's weird so to say that. So different. No, okay. I, I see your point. Mine. So I wanted the physical bite back edition. The one oh. where you get like the cool little collector. I want the steel book. I want to put it on yeah. my shelf. That's why I did it. Um, because truth, <laughs> especially as we're going to talk about some betas in a few minutes, I don't anticipate that early access getting to be as accessible as we would like it to be. That's probably stress testing and getting people <laughs> online. For me, I, I want to like the steel book and stuff. 
I, I, um, I, I think we're talking two different companies. I think Blizzard is used to, to doing betas kind of like what's going on that you're alluding to that we'll definitely mm-hmm. talk about. Okay. But I think Arcane, I think this is a little more solid. I think the early access is going to be more like what Forza does because I think mm-hmm. they did well with Forza and I think they want to do again with Forza. Like early, or if they do early access, they want to make sure that you're getting the game. You're just getting the game early. You're not helping develop the game. Fair. A fair point. Nonetheless, I want the physical stuff. That's my reasoning for the bite back, uh, mm. without a doubt. That was what I wanted from it. I gotta so. look into what that is again because I don't remember what the other than the steel book. I don't remember what it was. I don't know either. I just wanted <laughs> some physical stuff because I I regret not having some of the state of decay stuff. I regret not having the recore stuff. And and thirty bucks is not to me. Uh, too much, too much, because we're getting it via Game Pass. So I don't know how much support financially I'm offering the studio. This is a nice way to say, "Hey, I'm excited about your product. I want to support you. I also get something out of it myself, and I'll be playing and covering it." So, so that was how I justified it. And it's not like it's a $200 statue, right? Yeah, that that's sense. yeah. And 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 to be fair, like that's the whole thing with uh, with Diablo. Is Diablo is is got uh two versions they've got the the collector's edition which doesn't come with the game and then they just have the game base itself and it Mm -hmm. does like if you wanted to get everything it's it's like 200 bucks for everything Mm -hmm. um so i did i did see uh like what the the pre-order stuff has like the pre-order in game pass bonus comes with a vampire hunter kit that does have like a bunch of different like weapon skins and Mm -hmm. potentially the actual weapons uh but then the throwback outfit pack has um, like in-game character customizations and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus you get the pass to be able to play as two different characters uh, that are coming out in the future. But most of it is um, just the actual like cosmetics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense for sure. And I like that they're doing these things in conjunction with Game Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, you get a, half the price or, you know, a little bit here. You get, you're already getting the game. We'll give you some of the other, other stuff. I think that's a smart move. Uh, and an extra way for Microsoft to monetize things, but it's choice based. You can still play the full game if you want a little bit extra. Here's, you know, throw this in. I think that's a smart thing when you're going to say your games are day and date and people are like, oh, you're going to lose, you know, finances and stuff. This is a nice way to say, like, maybe, yes, you no, know, no, we'll see. Here we go. You can have this option. We're, we're looking at this from the from the positive perspective. I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say, are we looking are are we actually getting the full game if they are pulling out all of these cosmetics, which if they didn't have this edition would probably be earnable in game somehow? Mm-hmm. This is a, a good question, and it really depends on uh, how much you trust your developer. I remember watching the Callisto Protocol talk about how, like, if you upgrade whatever edition when we're when we've got them, you're going to get new death animations. You're going to get this, and people are saying, "Oh, you pulled it, and now you're offering you have to pay for more death animations." They're like, no, we just haven't built it yet. If the base game was built for this purpose, and then you built the bite back edition cosmetics for the bite back edition, and that was your reasoning, then to me, I have no problem with it. If philosophically you did it, uh, you know in order to just sell this and like, like you pulled stuff out of what was already going to be there. That's a little slimy. How much do you trust your developer to do that? Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but I do know that in st- in cases like this, you have to think about, all right, what is this? What is this value to me? Is it worth it to me to have a skin on my character and a first person shooter? Some halo fans would say yes. Some would say no everywhere in between. Um, what is it worth it to you? 
And and that's kind of the kicker. When you look at uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, that game has been upped to $70, right? It's now a $70 game from Nintendo. They're exploring yeah. their pricing model all day long. Uh, if I was, you know, hardcore into my Switch still, all day long, 70 bucks, Tears of the Kingdom, yes. I put over 100 hours into Breath of the Wild, 100% yes. Would I would I put pay 70 bucks for Forza Horizon 5? I would, but I can see why some people wouldn't, you know? Where did you yeah. want to put your monies? So how much do you trust your developer? How much do you want to support the game? That's the that's that's it. As far as like them taking stuff out, maybe they did. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's that's always the, yeah, that's always the question in, in my mind is is was this something that they originally had for the game and then marketing came through and said, Hey, we want to try and do this. What are some things that you could pull from the current collective or collection of, of cosmetics mm-hmm. to be able to add as a pre-order uh, like or, or an upgrade version and do mm-hmm. that? Because everything that they're showing in here is it's it's um, um, skins for your weapons. It's the promise of a hero pass with mm-hmm. two uh, future heroes, four outfits and a weapon attachment. Um, and those are the those are the the big things that are coming with this upgrade, right? Uh, so that's where I'm like, okay, that easily could have been something where they had said like, okay, well, we know we're going to be doing the hero pass and the future hero. So if they want to buy the upgrade for that, then they'll get that. Um, and then we'll have to see in the future like how is how is Redfall going to be if you don't have those two extra heroes? Because if you play Apex Legends. Apex Mm -hmm. Legends has something kind of similar where there's heroes and you can choose from them, but you also have to buy the newer heroes that get introduced later on. Uh, Is Game Pass going to include those characters? Because from my perspective, it doesn't seem like they will, Mm -hmm. which begs the question, are you getting the full game, Redfall, with the game pass that they say they're going to be bringing their first party games to is it the full game if you don't get access to all of the future heroes Mm -hmm. that's a fair question and i don't know that there's an actual answer in this moment um i think that's going to be one of those where you have to wait and see you have to decide you have to like go in and a year from now say are you still getting the full experience and I, i don't have a good answer but i do know that like if I got three months of gameplay out of Redfall, I'd feel happy if I'm playing it on Game Pass. Yeah, I'm trying to throw out like a hypothetical. Someone comes in next year and mm-hmm. they get a an Xbox Series X and they get Game Pass and they jump into Redfall and then there's stuff that's locked in Redfall that they can't access. And then they find out that that was content that was held out for people who buy the upgrade. And mm-hmm. they're going to wonder why do I have to buy an upgrade if I'm not if I'm if I'm getting Game Pass like where's the full because Nintendo's doing something they're they're saying hey buy our games and then we will we will put out DLC through the expansion pass and you pay mm-hmm. extra to get access to all of the expansions that come out since they started the uh, expansion pass mm-hmm. so if you want to have great all name, that extra content we should really we should really yeah, that's a it, great it's name. a really good name. Yeah. Um, so good thing we're not a Nintendo show. We'd probably get shut down. Uh, so it, it's one of those things like where the the DLC is available. You can still buy it. Um, but if you want to get access to all of the games out there that have that expansion 
content, then you can just pay for the expansion pass. Whereas Game Pass is the exact opposite. If you want access to the base game, you'll get access to the base game day one all the time. But if you want the extra stuff, you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. It seems it seems interesting to think about like how those two systems are kind of weighing against each other because they're polar opposites in my mind. They are. And it's one of those that I, I wish I had an answer. I hate when we, when we do the like comment, we'll wait and see. But really, That's we true. have to wait and see. We, we have to find out yeah. how how are those heroes going to be like? Um, you know, are they something that's going to be made available? Mm-hmm. If it's anything like Sea of Thieves, I think it'll be one of those situations where uh, the heroes will probably be something that you can purchase separately, even though it's mm-hmm. still on Game Pass, because it will they will account for the fact that not everyone's going to be on Game Pass and a lot of people are going to buy physical editions. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that's probably the best way we can kind of look at it and i think uh counterpoint to all of this again is that when you wait to play a game you tend to get to play a better version than what the early adopters did so there's that too you know like there's that counterpoint like ghostwire tokyo is set to come out in april 20 on april 28th i think i'm excited to play that but that's going to be the better version than the one that came out initially early on uh for playstation gamers or gamers and pc gamers in general um, and it's not because it's on PlayStation. It's because games get better as you patch them and improve them. So those Sea of Thieves players that started in and got some early cosmetics, they got something that people later on may not have gotten right away, but they also yeah. put up with a lot more. So yeah. you can go back and forth, I think, in a couple different approaches here. Um, but but ultimately, I don't feel like you're missing out on any uh, on any major Redfall experience by getting or not getting the bite bite back edition. I don't think. That's that's kind of why I'm holding off for now, um, mm-hmm. because I would like to experience it without automatically jumping into spending a bunch of money because I'm, I'm I want to get the value of Game Pass out there first mm-hmm. and then that's see fair. how I feel. Not to say that I don't believe in that, because, again, I bought the Forza Horizon 5 upgrade pack like mm-hmm. right off the gate. Um, I wanted to get in there and play, but I'm very curious to use this as kind of a a scientific entry into the value of game pass and see if I can enjoy it just as much as anyone else that's buying the bite back upgrade. The other point is, so, so you bring up Forza. I'm not excited for rally expansion at all, at all, unless we get early access to it to cover. I don't see myself playing it given that Resident Evil 4 and so many other things are out. Um, So there's the other idea, the idea that like, yo, these new characters might come out for Redfall. You may not want to play them. You may not like them. It's you a know? real fair point, too. Yeah. So complicated issue, but a good question. And I hope listeners weigh in both in the comment section and, and over on Discord because it's it's interesting. So, yeah. Moving on, Logan, Resident Evil 4, we both played the demo. Uh, the uh, review codes went out to the major outlets and then reviews went live a few days ago at the time of this recording. IGN Early. 9. Yeah. IGN 9, GameSpot 9, Easy Allies 9, Six Axis 9, Shack News 9, Push Square 9, Gaming Chen, Gaming Trend 100 out of 100, Giant Bomb 5 out of 5, VGC 5 out of 5, Game Informer 9.5. In short, this thing is incredible. Metacritic holding at a 93, Open Critic 92. Uh, I'm not surprised in the slightest given the demo we played. Uh, this game definitely continuing, continuing. Uh, the pretty darn impressive slew of Capcom games. 
You're you're confusing me now because you said IGN nine. I thought they gave it a ten. It is a ten. I read t- it's ten on my notes. Did I say nine out loud? Yes, I did. Oops. Uh, at, least, at least that's what I heard. <laughs> GN like, 10, wait. GameSpot 10, Easy Allies 10, Six Axis 10, Shack News 10. Did I say nine? What if I said nine? I, I oh swear. Gosh. False reporting. I nine. <laughs> you might, I might have said it. This might be one of those moments. Uh, oh my God. IGN it, gave it a 10. GameSpot gave it. This thing's getting 10s all around. Sorry if I said nine. Uh, if I said nine, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> anyway. There we go. <laughs> uh so yeah. sorry about that sorry about that i'm sh- now, now you're making me question everything bottom line let's go the, the core value of this is that this game is fantastic uh the demo was was telling of that but you never quite know i'm so excited for this resident evil 4 is among my favorite games of all time i'd put it top five game best games ever made um it just did something special in its time like when it released and i love it and I'm so excited for this game to come out. Um, I, I'm stoked. But you're not a Resident Evil guy. You did play the demo. Where Now that you've seen the reviews, are you more excited? I'm excited for those that want this. Um, again, I, I love Resident Evil as a franchise. I have mm-hmm. a hard time playing the games anymore. Um, and, I, and I would love to, to like, like I, I genuinely was kind of at a point where there was there was a point during the demo where I was like, I don't think I can keep going. I, I'm I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with all of these all of these monsters, like how I'm supposed to kill all of them with 12 bullets and a broken knife. Like, I just don't know. So I, I have a hard time with that because it's overwhelming. These horror games do a really good job of keeping you from being able to um, feel like you're comfortable. Like we'll be talking about Exoprimal later on. And Exoprimal does some fantastic things that make me feel like I can deal with a mass horde of raptors, right? Whereas <laughs> with uh, Resident Evil, I had a hard time with that village scene. And and I, I the thing I want to say about Resident Evil 4 Remake is, is that the game is polished. The game is beautiful. They have done an, an amazing uh, an amazing job really kind of uh, taking what the base of Resident Evil 4 was mm-hmm. and just modernizing it. And I heard an interesting question, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Is making games that are already popular, if remaking those games, is, is that making it tougher for newer games to hit 10? out of a out of a grade scale because they've already taken a game that they know is a really good game and they're just making it better um and it seems like it's kind of skewing the perspective of like what a new game should come in as because it's not nearly as good as metroid prime remaster it's not nearly as good as resident evil 4 remake it's like our companies our companies are definitely going in and just getting that cash of we know this is a popular game we know that it was uh, definitely something that that people love. So we're going to cash in on this because we know that it's a hit and it's going to do really, really well. And mm-hmm. does that hurt newer games that don't have that lineage? Does it hurt new? That's an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way. I don't I think either. it matters. Like, I think that's a bad okay. way to look at it because, and I'm not trying to skirt the question, but. Oh, no. The point is, the as a consumer, my value is fun factor. Am I having fun for the money or time or both that I'm putting in? So I don't care 
whether it's a remake or not, if I'm having fun, there's an argument to be made. Well, we won't know what we love because new ideas aren't being fostered because of remakes. That's a good argument to make. I think oftentimes we don't know what we want until we see it from a creative uh, developer. And sometimes it takes someone to take a genre and master it. Vampire survivors might be a good recent example of that. Who would have thought that low poly game uh, would do something in the way that it did. You don't, Um, you don't do anything in that game. You move, you move. You move, and yet, and yet, right? Um, and, and my buddies, Kevin and I, we play a better version of it on mobile called uh, Survivor.io. It's more fun. But my point is, like, it, you wouldn't think it's more fun, but it is. So, you know, the idea, are remakes hurting kind of the the scale of whether or not new games can be 10 out of 10? I don't much care. I think the onus is on a new game. You have to prove yourself. It's business. Capitalism, consumerism. I don't know what you would argue. Like, I don't know that those are the right words to use, but the onus is on the new game to sell itself. Uh, You also have to make the right deals to get get seen in a very crowded gaming space, right? Like, you have to... Optics are everything. Um, But I don't care if it's a remake or not, if I'm having fun, like the dead space remake to me was way more enjoyable than the original dead space, um, Mm. which I enjoyed then. But like, this was great. Um, I don't much care if it's a remake. I want them. I want the developer to make a great game that I can have fun with. Um, And it doesn't have to look great. It doesn't have to play great. It needs to be fun. So, you know, oftentimes those two things help it be fun. But yeah, you know, Exo Primal, that's our beta that we're we were playing last night. That game's stupid. That game's stupid. It is dumb. It is ridiculous. And all we did was laugh and be like, "What? What? What did? All right." And we were in. Like, I, I for me, that was. And I'm, I'm transitioning to that topic. That was such a fun game. Like raptors yeah. are falling out of a wormhole off a building, bouncing down, and suddenly I'm grenading them in my exo suit. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that game is the epitome of trend chasing, but it does so many different things. It's so crazy. So yeah, I just to kind of wrap up with Resident Evil 4 Remake, okay. um, I, I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy it. I think it's really going to fall in line with what Capcom has done well, which is trying to bring all of their their past games from the 90s till now and bring them all available on uh the last two generations which is something i don't see many companies out there doing not many companies are trying to bring forward all of their old games in new ways to try and give players the experience that we had when we first played them and we didn't understand like the evolution of games and how things have changed in the the quality of life improvements that have come just with the the uh you know adding of buttons and joysticks to controllers to be able to do different things you know so Mm -hmm. really excited to see everyone jump into resident evil 4 i will be watching people stream it so that i can experience it because that's what i did with resident evil village and it's what i did with resident evil 7 Mm -hmm. uh and resident evil 2 and 3 i already knew because i'd played them back then uh but I'm, i'm really glad that they're doing this i'm interested to see if they will move forward with five and six because I know a lot of people didn't like five and six nearly as much. There's outliers, obviously. A lot of people mm-hmm. do like those. Um, but the the mass majority of commentary I've heard around them is that they aren't as good of Resident mm-hmm. Evil games. So I'd be curious to see if Capcom decides to move forward with those. Um, but you bring a strong point. 
that new games like Exoprimal have to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And Exoprimal, if I can say, it feels like they're kind of pulling a little bit of a uh, little bit of things from many different games. Yeah. And things that things that people liked from those games and pushing them all together and then just adding dinosaurs for reasons. Yeah. We, we it's you're in a mech suit reminiscent of Anthem. Like it it looks like Anthem. Uh, the mech suit does. And then you're fighting in, in this squad based approach that makes you feel almost left for daddy or world war Z and how many dinosaurs are thrown at you. It feels like zombies. Uh, but then we, our buddy, Joseph Moran, ugly kid. Uh, he was just like, why aren't these aliens? I don't care. You know, uh, there's a giant computer AI that like stands towering over you called the Leviathan that that's just like, well, we're going to put you in a simulation to test to see if you're ready for something or another. Uh, yeah. And that's why dinosaurs will fall out of wormholes. And it's just like Raptors incoming. Here's a Dilophosaurus fighting. you. Oh, we're going to throw a Triceradon in. And what? And yeah. I'm just shooting him with my mech suit. Why am I fight? Why am I killing a, an Ankylosaurus with a mech in the middle yep. of a city? What sense does this make? Makes no sense the the character creator is silly and dumb you can literally build a karen in there uh which is a blast which you did yeah. um <laughs> but once we once we were in we were just laughing the whole time next to all this ridiculousness the game mechanics play great the shooting feels good yeah. the weapons feel good the mode that we played was reminiscent of overwatch uh which was cool that's that's a weird thing so can can we break that down a little bit because i want to give us an idea so the when you get in there there's there's war games and Mm -hmm. the way you're playing is it's a team of five versus a team of five and Mm -hmm. it's a time trial to try and push through the the waves and move forward through the level uh faster than the other team if you move faster than the other team then you get to your payload like overwatch which you then have to protect and push to uh, a a central point and when you get to your payload your payload can take damage and you're dealing with raptors but on a street like just one block over the other team will eventually get to their payload and have to mm-hmm. do the same thing that you're doing. And you can invade other sides of the street. Like you can go down alleyways and you can start to deal, mm-hmm. you know, like try and stop Fight the, the other, other payload. Yeah. It, and, yeah. And at the end, it becomes a PVP match. And at the very, very end, you get your payload to uh, the central point And it's mm-hmm. whoever manages to survive or keep their payload alive. Uh, the longest and you you have different tank or you have different mech classes so there's healers mm-hmm. there's dps there's tanks they've got the the golden tricorn and you uh you have to essentially um play overwatch at the very end and and mm-hmm. whoever whoever kills the payload from what i can tell uh wins at that point so it's it's such a bizarre game because it pulls so many little elements um into into the game that are from other games that did well but you know just didn't do well enough on their own for the most part and and that's one of the modes the other mode is you're also you're still playing against another team but you're as you're racing to the end you just see like their avatar outlines as they play their game and you play yours and you progress down the street and then it becomes pvp at the end but it's not payload based you're just trying to kill a certain uh, number of yeah. dinosaurs and then kill the other team as you take down this uh, like I- giant icon uh, thing. 
all while sniper dinosaurs are shooting at you, gas gas based dinosaurs are popping out, uh, and the war game AI is just dropping in raptors and anything else on you. And my joke consistently was, "Oh, is that fun? Ship it, ship it. We're gonna drop a dinosaur in here. Ship it. Oh, you want mechs? Ship it. No problem. Cool." And it's just like people are throwing ideas at the wall uh, in this dinosaur shooting game, but it is fun. And it plays really well. This isn't like, uh, what's the game we thought? Second Extinction. That game, I was so excited for that game. I love shooting, fighting dinosaurs is a fun thing to do in video games. Mm -hmm. Um, Next to zombies, they're easy cannon fodder. Zombies and Nazis are like the the zombies, Nazis, dinosaurs, like your trifecta of easy fodder in video games. Uh, And it's just like Second Extinction, I thought was going to be special. Exoprimal feels like lessons learned from so many other games. And it's in there all while being ridiculous. Like this is a stupid game, but I'm finding yeah. the fun in the best ways. I'm enjoying yeah. it. This, this is one of those games where it's going to try and have a story and you don't want to care about the story. You're going to want to skip every cutscene because mm-hmm. the only thing that really matters is just going in there. It feels like a shmup smashed yeah. into Overwatch. It feels in like an arcade way, game. It does. It does feel like an arcade game. It feels like something you would most definitely like be sitting in an arcade playing with other friends and there'd be like four sets of controllers mm-hmm. and there'd be two units backed up against each other and you'd have to fight the other team that's on the other side of the arcade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and until you get to the very end. It very much feels like um, there was a, a I can't remember the name of it, but it was like Killer Wasp or Queen, Killer, Killer Queen, Black. Queen Bee something like that something like that yep um but that was like an arcade game like it was just stupid fun and you played Mm -hmm. with other people online and it was there was multiple ways to win and and that's what this feels like it feels like stupid fun and there's multiple ways to to kind of win and you just jump in and have fun with it and there's taking the 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 three different archetypes of like healer tank and, and dps all over viable um and you can swap at any time so mm-hmm. if you notice that your your DPS are getting down by dinosaurs too too much, you can mm-hmm. get into a tank or get into a healer mode at any time during the match mm-hmm. and swap mechs. And then when you swap mechs, you immediately can start helping out your team where it needs it. So right. if you see too many people jumping into DPS, then you can jump in and as a tank. And they're all fun too. That's the that's the cool thing is that each different uh, mech is unique both in their archetype but also in their playstyle. And all are fun. That's that's what surprised me. What makes me so happy about this, we just finished talking about Resident Evil 4, paid $70 game, Capcom, really worth all your pennies. Yeah. This game's coming to Game Pass. Exoprimal will be on Game Pass day and date. You can jump in. It's the right place for it, by the way. You can get yeah. a paid Battle Pass if you want to or not. And that's exactly what this game should be. Jump in. See if you like this crazy throw ideas at the wall, fight your dinosaurs uh, and enjoy it. And I'm hoping that like our community jumps in with us because it's just chaotic, fun laughter. I was laughing uh, the whole time, which on a Friday night, usually I'm wiped. Usually I'm I'm ready to fall asleep on a Friday night because I'm old and I was just having a good old time uh, giggling up a storm as we took down these random giant dinosaurs. And this AI voice was just like "Mm, Raptors incoming and then a wormhole opens up over a skyscraper and just dumps hundreds, hundreds, no exaggeration, of raptors. And you watch them just bounce down 
this giant skyscraper and then they're fine and you start fighting them and you're like, all right, why not? Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a game pass game right here and I'm here for it. Like I am here for it. This is exactly what I want for my game pass subscription. Chaotic, good fun. It's a good they're doing They're doing right by making this cross play for everyone. Yes. That's, that's really nice. If, if anything, and you do have to kind of create a Capcom account um, and I think the reason for it is because they want to make sure that your progress transfers over. So if if you're interested in anything Capcom at this point, I would say it's worth it to make, you know, make your your uh, Capcom, ID. Your Capcom ID. Yeah. Street Fighters on the horizon. Called. Resident Evil, yep. multiple Resident Evils to be out there. Also, like there's a lot. Can, can I just say like this? I don't know why this stuck in my paw the other day, but um, I, when I was making the account, it asked for my uh, gender. And then it said it had an option to say prefer not to say mm-hmm. if you're going to put an option in there that says prefer not to say don't ask for the gender because if it doesn't matter, then don't bother asking because I don't know why Capcom needs to know what my gender is. I don't know why that bugs me, but it was a it stupid did bug thing. You. I remember it bugging you. Yeah, it, it did stick in your, your crawl a little bit. And, you know, my. I wasn't bothered in the slightest other than a mild no. annoyance. I was just like, that's weird. And I moved on. Yeah. But it but also it was- like, it is strange. Like if you don't need to know, like obviously it's for analytics of some kind, but like, yeah, if you don't need to know. Why do you care? Like, yeah. it, what's the, what's the line? It was interesting that it bothered you because it didn't bother me. I wrote it off, but your logic is sound. Like what's the point? Yeah. Why do you need to know? know? And Not a huge deal. You know, well, but, but it, interesting right and it's kind of like um i know because we started a conversation about it and it was uh there we've seen in a lot of character creators we talk a lot about accessibility being being represented harry potter brought this up uh a lot of games yeah a A lot lot of games games recently like retroactively trying to go back to to break up the 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 gender identity that they had built in originally and and I was bothered by like, I forget which game it was, but it was like voice, voice option, one or two. And it was clearly male or female. That yeah. was clearly what it was going for. And I think Exoprimal is masculine or feminine or something. But it's like, just if you're going to be accessible, be accessible. But the middle ground bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why, should, why do a middle ground? And, and that yeah. was one that was just like, all right, you, it, this feels like, pardon my language, to... Um, Alex's kids who are in the car, but like it feels like you're half-assing it. Like, do it or don't, do it or don't, but commit. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I don't yeah, know. it's like accessibility options. Build them in from the start. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. So that's Exo Primal. Uh, Diablo Four also had its beta, and <laughs> a lot of questions on this one. Our our first one. This one came from a uh, from Anubis. He wants to know if either of us have played it. He'd like to hear about it. I think we both yeah. have. Uh, and then Kevin Ainsworth wanted to know our longest wait time for the beta. Uh, and is it everything we'd hoped? Uh, and he wants to know uh, all about your class choices. I wanted to hear your stuff. My wait time was was 30 seconds this morning because I waited. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, yesterday was was a true blizzard uh, launch um, because the, the servers were overwhelmed. And to be honest, that that's going to happen. Every time you launch a game, that's going to be popular. If it's multiplayer, you're going to have problems with, with a queue and you'll, you'll even see with destiny. So don't even get a, get on me about like, Oh, I can't believe they can't even do a launch. It's like, it happens everywhere. It get over everywhere. it. Yeah. Um, the longest queue that I saw was 189 minutes. 
So wow. I kicked it up and then I just, I, and that's the nice thing is I, I had Diablo four on my PC. So I kicked it up on my PC and then I booted up my Xbox and then changed the monitor over here so that it, it I could play whatever I wanted. Like, I think I did like Fortnite. For You're playing Fortnite with that. Joe for a bit, right? Yeah. While it was okay. doing. So, um, it is everything I hope for. It is the, it is the game that came after Diablo two, uh, that I, I was hoping, uh, would come and I got Diablo three still really love Diablo three still amazing game. Um, especially after Reapers came out and, uh, this is the promise that was 2019. Um, 2019 had promised Overwatch 2, they had promised Diablo 4, they had promised Diablo uh, Mortals, they had promised a lot of stuff. Um, and Overwatch is is not coming in where I think it needed to. Um, I think it still needed more time, but they needed to push it out because their their development on that was stagnating Overwatch. So they needed to get Overwatch 2 out so they could have something fresh. Um and uh, uh, Diablo 4 looks like it will be exactly what Diablo 4 was promised to be back in 2019. So it was nice to be able to play it back then. It's nice being able to play it now. Um, uh, Sorceress is still really strong. There's classes that I have played that I can't talk about that are not available um, that I'm looking forward to playing when the game actually launches. Will you um, shed light a little bit on that? Because that's a strange thing to say. Okay, so I have uh, friends in the in in Blizzard, so I'm on the friends and family list, so I get access to stuff, but it's under NDA. Got it. There so, you go. That's what I was needed to say. That's all. Yeah, no problem. Um, so uh, uh, with this, I played Sorceress to twenty. Um, Lightning build with teleport is still extremely strong. I know a lot of folks are playing around with uh, frost builds as well. Um, Hydra is still really fun, uh, but yeah, to to go around and, and play Diablo. It's just, it's amazing. Um, dude, the game is so beautiful. And I'm playing on a really old system. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen it at its best, though. And the game is just going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be what people liked from Diablo 3 as far as gameplay goes. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be as deep as Diablo 2 was. And for those that know, you're going to be really happy with this. This is most definitely a game that's going to be worth picking up. Um, even if we don't know right now, if this is something that will make its way to game pass, because we right. we've heard that it, it probably won't, but I think that's because you can't make a promise. Deal. Yeah. You can't make a promise on the Activision deal. Cause if it doesn't go through and people are expecting game pass, then their game is going to bomb and right. they want their game to succeed so they're going to push sales all the way up until the point where they have signed the deal and mm -hmm. they figured out how to bring diablo to game pass until then Agreed. they got to make they got to make money yep and, and i have no problem with any game doing that diablo or otherwise um i am not a diablo person uh i'm getting this to play with with kevin with you with joe um but in booting up this morning making my my character um i believe i chose sorcerer where I could throw hmm. flame uh, and freezy stuff and really enjoyed what I played. The game is gorgeous. It is a yeah. beautiful game. I was not prepared because I was trying to play to have impressions for the show. I, and so I, I booted up probably three hours ago prior to our recording. Hmm. I was not prepared for the amount of cutscenes. Uh, a lot of cutscenes. story. It's, it's thorough and beautiful. But that meant I wasn't playing as much, so so I did skip a few. But I want to go back. Um, I skipped. I skipped so I could talk about the gameplay. Um, but this yeah. is everything I would expect a Diablo four to be. Um, zero disappointments on the gameplay side at this point. 
And, you know, when you when you boot up a modern Diablo where you're just going around to me, it's going around hack and slashing, making my numbers go higher. That's what it is to me. Just to other people, it's about min maxing and builds. Um, it will be about monsters for me. Like, really, I just want to see cool monsters. And I love that I get to fight a Baron of Hell at one point and uh, all these cool critters. Like, to me, that's what I like the most. Watch my numbers and see cool monsters. That's what I like Exo, about Exo Primal watching the monsters come down dinosaurs in that case um and fighting them as well like about anthem flying around fighting monsters that's what i like about games oftentimes it's, it's just fighting monsters for fun but yeah. i'm anxious to get in with our buddies because i do want to get that max level because there are some rewards if you get all the way to 20 during the beta yep um, you get some titles you get a little backpack with a little wolf cub in it mm-hmm I mean, I, I, this feels, I mean, I'm not a friends and family. This is my first Diablo four playing. Um, this feels great. I'm having fun with it. There's going to be two classes that I'm going to push you to play. Um, when it comes out, uh, right now, one of them, you can probably pick up the, the, uh, barbarian. I think you'd have a lot of fun with barbarian because it's the closest, uh, equivalence to Superman that I can, that I could probably say. So I'm in, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> barbarian feels fun it feels powerful so if mm-hmm. you've ever wanted to run around in like the in in the uh the hulk buster if you ever wanted to run around as like uh as as a superman like mm-hmm. the the barbarian is the i solve my problems by punching my fist through them gotcha well i i'm a fan of that process uh <laughs> in video games i should say so that's cool that's cool and how you many pillows have you punched I'm not, a, and my wife uh, actually was like, we have something, we, some stuff we need to break down to throw away. And she's like, I'm going to get a sledgehammer and we're going to just break that down. Um, you've, you'd have fun with that, right? And despite many, many, many years of martial arts uh, and whatnot, violence doesn't make me feel better. Like even healthy violence. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't really do it for me. But like I could, I was like quite efficient at it, but it never really got mm. me. Didn't really do uh, it for me. Uh, That's your so, tidbit so take, of Luke lore. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm, and we regularly sparred and stuff and I hit lots of people and I got hit by lots of people, but it never really, eh, really do it. you know, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, as we are, are winding down our show, we're not there yet. Uh, I like the, just the, you talked about it on PS trophy room, the idea of a mid gen refresh, uh, PS five might get one Xbox might get one. This gen to me is different, uh, because it's such a blended transition. I'm ready for Xbox one to be let go. That is 2013 tech. Me too. Uh, it's got to go. It's 2023 now. It's 10 years old. And in the console space, that's a long time. Uh, and these these new consoles have been out for a while. Uh, I'm ready for it to let go. And I'm not saying it to push anybody or say, hey, your financial, situa- financial situation needs to be better. You need the new console. It's not that. It's just I think it's yeah. time. Uh, but also, you know, and like, like I was reading a good article about... Uh, Sea of Thieves and how it's not actually held down by last gen by Xbox One tech. Server spikes occur more likely and more often because of unexpected player actions versus yeah. load times and renders and stuff. And like, cool, maybe I, I I have no knowledge to argue with, but I am ready to just see PS5 and Xbox Series SX only. Uh, no more PS4, no more Xbox One. I'm ready for that. And I, and we're almost there. We are almost there. Yeah. It was an interesting uh, prospect because the idea came up as a result of a report from Tom Henderson, 
who said that they had heard that there was new hardware on the way and that they wanted to talk more about it, but they couldn't at the time. And then the that coupled with uh, Horizon Forbidden West's new DLC um, only being available for PS5 because they wanted to be able to utilize the power that was available for uh, what they wanted to do and could only do it with the hardware that was available on PS5. They couldn't optimize it for the PS4 or the PS4 Pro. So mm-hmm. it was a weird, interesting thing because yeah, I, I think you're right. Like Sea of Thieves is a late game in the Unreal 4 engine. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's optimized and built for that generation. Mm-hmm. You can take advantage of the hardware to a degree with the Series S and X because of the, the frame rates and just the extra headroom that you have with that. So you can bump mm-hmm. up the graphics and stuff. Um, but you can make this game look like poo and still play it on PC. Mm-hmm. Like you can make it look real bad uh, and, and play it with, you know, 200 frames if that's what you really, really, really want. Um, you're not going to enjoy it, but you'll have those frames if you want it. Mm-hmm. So I... I put this in because I wanted to, to hear from you because I did, I got to talk to Joe about it, but I didn't get to hear from you. If they came out with a mid-gen refresh for Xbox, would you upgrade? Yes, I think I would upgrade because I'm an Xbox content creator mm. and I want to be informed. I like the, the best of the best when I can afford it. Um, yeah. And sometimes times are tight, sometimes not. I think that's a normal thing. So if, if the money's there, would I trade in my Series X? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, over on my shelf right now are, is a Gears of War 5 and a Scorpio Edition Xbox One X. Um, mm-hmm. And I chose to upgrade and I was glad I did upgrade on those. But when I have the OLED TV, when I have the, the Secret Labs chair, and, and I built these over time. These weren't like one, you know, all at once things. But I want the best of the best experience in gaming if I can get it. And so yeah. if it's if it's not more than 500 bucks, yes. Yes, I would trade in and upgrade, um, and and that wouldn't bother me at all to do. Um, but it's got it's all about cost effectiveness, and we're thinking what late twenty twenty four, early twenty twenty five for those. Okay, you know, cool. Yeah. And if not right now, I feel like because of the blended generation, because of you could argue COVID, because of cloud based gaming, I don't feel like we've seen the best that a Series X has to offer, or the best a PS five has to offer. Ooh. I feel like we've really not seen any of that true power activated. Um, yeah. So do we need it? I'll say no. I'll say no right now and be glad to be proven wrong. So that's my yeah. answer. No, I agree. And and I, and I think I'm with you on that. I think I, I traded in my, uh, what was it? I think I traded in my PS4 um, for more than I paid for it during COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and and I bought the 200 edition with Spider-Man when it came out. Um, and then I think I got like 215 bucks at GameStop for it because mm-hmm. you just couldn't get a console. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was I and then I took that money and bought a whole bunch of PS5 games with it. I did mm-hmm. a similar thing with the Nintendo Switch when they came out with that first battery revision. Mm-hmm. Um, I traded in my original OG Switch and then paid a little bit extra to get the new version of it before there was an OLED. I think if there was a Series XL and I could get a decent amount out of mm-hmm. it for uh to to be able to pay like maybe a little maybe like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks to get the new one, mm-hmm. I would probably upgrade. But I'm with you. We haven't seen anything that is that is making me feel like the Series X is is capped out on power and that right. we're we're 
at the point where we need to have the only thing I've said, and I said this on the on Joe's podcast as well, too, is I want to get to hardware to a point where we don't have to decide between performance or fidelity. Yes, that's what I want. And that's that's really the big thing. If I could go back, I would never recommend anybody get an Xbox One X. I don't feel like any of the benefits were there uh, Mm. in mass. And like I, I, I got to see them. I was on a HDTV at the time, and I think there was one other thing that I needed to do. But uh, really and truly, I don't think the One X showed much difference between a One S uh, for the value, like like the money. And if I wasn't a content creator, I don't think I'd be inclined to upgrade to an XL or whatnot unless the proof was really showing off, like really showing off uh, something special in a game I was interested in. So that would be the the kicker for me. Yeah. So. All right, let's get to some listener questions, Logan. Uh, we've got a couple in here. Red Beast wrote in over on Patreon uh, and says, have you found it harder to finish games that are on Game Pass? I'm playing Atomic Heart and genuinely enjoying it, but not loving it. I feel if I had purchased it, uh, I would not think twice about pushing to the end to get my money's worth. But the fact that I'm even contemplating putting the controller down a few times has led to this question. And I'm wondering how common is this feeling? Uh, thanks to you guys. So... Logan, I've got a good answer for this one, but let me hear you first. I feel this with games I buy. Um, it's not just Game Pass. I think it's just games in general at this point. Uh, I, I bought Hogwarts Legacy. I still haven't finished it because I ended up buying a PSVR 2 and then I've got Call of the Mountain and I didn't jump into that and finish it because uh, something else came out. And I just think it's games in general at this point. If anything, Game Pass, game Pass makes me feel like I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to because I had put the money in it, but I still waste money by not finishing games, but I still get enjoyment out of them. So it's hard to say. That's a, that's a fair point there. I don't mind. I don't mind, uh, not finishing games, but like game pass makes it easier to delete them. Uh, yeah, maybe not finish it. Like Wolong gone atomic heart on the external. Don't care. Needed to make room for these betas. I'm excited for Resident Evil four. Like game pass makes it easier to get rid of games for me. Um, mm-hmm. usually when it goes to the external, I'm not bringing it back for a good while. Um, but like, whoa, long, I, I tried it. I'm like, yo, this isn't for me. This is Sekiro and I, it's not Elden Ring. Nope. Done. Done. And like the game looks great is, is great. Not for me though. Um, Atomic Heart, I downloaded it, wanted to play it. I was excited about it. I was excited about it on this show. Life happened and other stuff came out. And I was just like, no, and it's on the external and I probably won't get to it till summer. Even then, like, we'll see. But in a world where Sea of Thieves Season 9, Halo uh, Season 3, uh, Fortnite's new season, all the betas, it's just like, whatever. What did you want to say about uh, Sea of Thieves? You, you know, it's, no, no, it's it's actually not Sea of Thieves. It was, um, you're mentioning that Atomic Heart was something that came out and you played it for a little bit and then something else came up. Dead Space Remake mm-hmm. is what pulled you from Atomic Heart, wasn't it? I think it was. Was it Dead Space Remake? Because you were playing that a lot when that when Atomic Heart came out, and you wanted to finish that before jumping into Hogwarts, and then you jumped on on Atomic Heart, and then you went and did a second playthrough of, of Dead Space. Uh, of Dead Space, you're right. Isn't it kind of funny that the remake made it a little bit harder for that Atomic Heart, the first that's, first one? That's a good point. That goes right back to what we were talking about, and I would never have put that t- together. You're right, but I had more, f- and I was having fun because you knew that's- it was good. 
I knew it was good. It was a reliable thing. That's a very good point. Good call out there. Good call out. Um, and thank you, uh, Red Beast, for the question. I hope your drive to, to school and work is going well, guys. Uh, this one comes from Clint Coombs, uh, who says, which games do you wish you could experience for the first time again? Oh, man. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Ooh, Gear Solid. That's a good when, pick. Because they had a great demo, man. Shout out to PlayStation Demo Discs, man. Um, they had a great demo. And I remember the first time running uh, over to the side oh, of the map yeah. and knocking on knocking on like a, a crate or something and then getting under it and sliding out while the guards came over and checked it out. Yeah. <sighs> the knock. What? Like, yep. Yep. Tink, tink, tink. yep. And cool. then they all... I That blew my mind. And then like... The, the little dun, 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 and then like the credits come up and you're like, am I watching a movie? And yeah, at the one. time, like you go back and look, it's like, yikes. But I was like, Hideo Kojima. I don't know who that is, but I love him. <laughs> um, and then the first time you played against Psycho Manus, we got to switch the controller ports. Yeah. <sighs> like Metal Gear Solid, man, that was the jam. And then I, I'll always choose Rogue Squadron and Shadows of the Empire. The PS1 oh, 64 yeah. era for me, just because of when it occurred in my life, those were special moments. So. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. I'd say, uh, um, I'm probably ghost of Tsushima. Is that game? Really? Yeah. If I could go back, if I could wipe my memory, that game can like that game is just a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay feels like it's deep but it feels like a zelda game to me in the sense that it's all about exploration it's all about like just moving through areas and clearing out enemies and but the story is so good i love the dichotomy of dealing with the fact that you are raised to have honor and to to fight your enemy face to face but the only way you're going to survive is by doing these underhanded ninja ask uh, tactics, um, mm-hmm. you know, poisoning people, killing them from behind, you know, sa- uh, uh, stabbing someone in the back, you know, stuff like that, 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 that dish dishonors the idea of combat. Mm-hmm. And it was it's just a, a beautiful game, man. It's just a beautiful game. And I would I would love to go back and wipe my memory and be able to explore that world um mm-hmm. from fresh eyes again like i hope they do a sequel because man i i just i, I spent so many hours in that game and it was such a good game i took so many photos in that game oh, mm-hmm. so good but yeah goes to sushima joe always tries to get me to play that i tr- I tried it it didn't click but he always says like it's just like arkham and um i loved the arkham the first yeah. arkham game I, did, I was not excited for the first arkham game i wasn't even pro dc i just faded away and i yeah. Arkham and Dark Knight brought me back, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I love Batman again." Um, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. Actually, that's a group. That's a good call out. When it clicks, it clicks, and that's when you really start to to like play around in that space, and you start thinking about ways to approach the situation and ways mm-hmm. to to kind of like what your what your play style is. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's solid. I actually okay. really like that analogy. Last question uh, comes in on Patreon from Ellery, and they ask, what is your take on achievements? Is it something you pay attention to or not? Have you gone back to a game to complete achievements? I don't necessarily pay attention to achievements. Uh, I don't necessarily pay attention to achievements, although some clever or funny names, some have clever or funny names, but I can see if 
but I can see if there was ever a game I wanted to play through again that I might change things up and work through all the achievements. Um, great question, Ellery. What do you? I love achievements, but yeah. I'm very lately very particular about whether or not I want to 1K a game or not. Like I 1K Callisto. Um, I love Gears of War, but I have no interest in achievements in that game because they make them so ridiculously hard or the time investments too much. I think you should get 70% of the achievements easily by playing through and beating the game. And then the rest should be some that you work for. But like I 1K Avengers and a bunch of other games because it was something I was enjoying playing. But the lo- the older I get, the less I'm enthralled by it. But I have a pretty substantial, I mean, I have a 200 plus, 200,000 plus achievement score. Like my yeah. achievement score is up there, but I'm less inclined nowadays that time is a premium. Achievements don't matter to me unless they are something I need to do to get Microsoft points on Xbox Game Pass quests. Um, I, I Again, and, and this is coming from someone who's been predominantly on Nintendo or uh, PC for most of my life. So mm-hmm. when the whole achievement thing came out with Xbox uh, during 360 era, mm-hmm. didn't even phase me. It didn't even matter. I was there to play the, the the few games that I had, and then I quickly dropped the the console and went back to PC. So mm-hmm. for me, achievements, they don't matter. I don't think I've, I don't, I can't think of any game off the top of my head that I purposefully 1K'd. Um, I've gone back for like some cyberpunk ones time and time again, but mm-hmm. those are just too hard and they're, they're, they were too glitchy to be able to get. Um, so I, I gave up on those. I don't even have Sea of Thieves completely cleared out as far as achievement points. Well, I was going to say like there's some games for me like Darksiders Genesis. I just loved that game and I went for the achievements because they were attainable. And you're talking about ones that matter to you and don't and whatnot like Sea of Thieves you go for a lot of commendations and you and you talk about on Keelhauled yeah, a lot like that's true finishing i forget what the deeds but but there's like a, a thing but those are those are those are tied to cosmetics most of the time though but you can't see like most of the cosmetics you we but you more than me own in sea of thieves we'll never use like i'll do twitch drops for stuff i'm never going to mm. use <laughs> why like why do i do that i don't know yeah i want to unlock it it's fun endorphin kick fallen order was one that i really went for the achievements on same. Now, yep. That was one that I, I I actually worked real hard to try and find those. I looked up a guide to try and figure out what those were because um, mm-hmm. I just I wanted to stay in that world for a while longer. And that was a reason to do it. That's it. When he, when I love the game, and want to stay in the world that you nailed it. When we want to stay yeah. into the world, that's when we tend to go for it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I don't think about achievements unless it's something like I have to do three a week for the weekly streak. Like that's mm-hmm. the only time I'm really pushing those. Do you know your achievement score without looking uh, it up? It's like 20 something, 20,000. It's low. Fake Xbox gamer. I told Fake you. I was gamer. Mostly, mostly PC. Like you, you want to talk about like the two wow accounts that I've had that I've got achievements on those. I can, I can pull those up, show you all my no, achievements. No, no, no. I just want to make my point and stick with that and have That's nothing fair. to counter it. What's good yeah. for you? No, yeah. I, I, I really do have a low gamer score. And and I don't care because uh, I, I can speak to a lot of the franchises that I love for Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I think that that matters more to me than than whatever gamer score I have. Um, so I, I, I don't matter. But yeah, they don't they don't matter to me. I, I love when they do something cheeky with a name, like Ellery mm-hmm. said uh, I think they they brought up a really good point about that, but outside of that, no. Unless it's for Xbox Game Points, um, so that I can get gift cards, then I, I usually don't think about them. 
Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Todd Oxtra, we're going to sit on your question till next week. So thank you for writing in this week. You are amazing and we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Logan, I think that is a show right there, my friend. We did it. We did another show. We did. We made it. Uh, Guys, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at InsipidGhost. Please be willing to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Xbox slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Got some stuff in the works for you. New Patreon show coming out later this week with David Whitaker of Level 1 Gaming, which I'm stoked about. Uh, What do you got going on at Keelhaul there, Mr. Logan? It's still the fifth anniversary for Sea of Thieves. So uh, we got season nine. Um, man, it's good. It's solid. The servers are back up to six ships per server. The, the, the PVP is rampant in, in adventure. People are stealing chests from forts. Forts are easy to complete now. So everyone's doing world events. Like I had, a, I've been having a good time in there and I've only done like a couple sessions. And if you want to get a season pass done and feel like you're like, yeah, I got a hundred, hundred levels done in season pass for a Vigi game. Uh, Sea of Thieves is probably the easiest one to do that. Because, man, I think I did one really, really long session and I'm already up into my 30s. So that's cool. It's it's good. I would like them to bring what they do in Halo to see, to see a Thieves where you can just finish a pass anytime. I think that needs I'll to happen. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll better that. And I'll just say if if Halo made their season pass as easy as Sea of Thieves, I don't think you would care what how long it takes to get a season if you didn't make it in the first the first one because there's no reason if if you play sea of thieves at any point in time chances are you're going to get 20 levels in a session that's a lot that's a lot but yeah. i will say season three of halo infinite you're unlocking stuff you're it's not Dude, nearly as obtuse i i got the event done i got I, yeah. I, we're, we're closing out here but i was so glad that i i went and actually got the 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 whole event season pass all 10 levels done that's never happened for me I'm loving I'm loving season three of Infinite. I think they're doing a great job. It, they got unlock rates going well. Events are going well. Uh, the cosmetics look better. My Spartan f- looks awesome. I love the new gun. I love the new maps. I'm really happy with this season. If this had been season two or this quality, uh, we'd have a whole different narrative of a game. And uh, I hope that it brings Halo back a little bit because it's it's a good season. I'm liking it a lot. And yeah. I'm not Ains, right? Like I'm not diehard uh competitive i'm just casual jump in and play and in this one feels like you can just jump in and play and i'm liking that so yeah yeah there you go. i agree all righty guys that's gonna be it for us have a fantastic rest of your week take care